So I'm Paul Garabedian, Senior Media Analyst for Comscore, with my latest episode of the Many Screens Big Picture Podcast. This week, honored to have back on the program, Jim Orr, President of Domestic Theatrical Distribution for Universal Pictures. Welcome, Jim, to the pod. Welcome back, Jim, to the podcast. Uh, hello, Paul. I can't, I can't believe you had me back. So I'm, I'm honored, sir. I'm absolutely well, honored. I appreciate it. You're a returning champion, and I'm so glad to have you here. It's such an honor for me. And so I'm going to get right into this. A lot to talk about and, you know, what a difference a year makes, right? So clearly the movie theater business compared to a year ago has made a remarkable comeback. So what do you see, Jim, as the challenges and opportunities that exist within this current marketplace? Well, the, the, unfortunately, the challenges are exactly the same thing that we talked about last time, right? Which is this virus and the effect that it's having on the economy and specifically our industry by keeping people shuttered. And, you know, it'll be great when we get beyond it, completely beyond it. But, you, you know, looking at it contextually, we are significantly ahead of where we were, for example, in, you know, July and August of, uh, of 2020, which is great news. Um, every, you know, both countries are completely open for the most part. Uh, every uh, major DMA is, according to our stats, at about 75% or more open. In fact, I think just New York is at about 75 and the rest of the major DMAs are somewhere around 85% or more open, which is fantastic. There are a couple other wrinkles that are coming up. So, for example, you know, you now have L.A. County and New York City, I believe, uh, in mid-September, likely to push some sort of um, vaccination proof in order to be at their uh, in order to be in indoor venues, whether it's restaurants or Broadway theaters or movie theaters, there's certainly going to be challenges for exhibition there as to how well they're going to be able to enforce that. Um, are the, the local governments, how stringent are they going to be in trying to see that these businesses enforce it? All really up in the air remains to be seen. I have absolutely great faith uh, that exhibition will figure it out and away we go. Um, so, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're in good shape when, when you really, when you compare it to where we were, we're obviously in very good shape and things are trending up. We have fewer seating capacity limitation restrictions going on now than we did, uh, a, a year ago, uh, or even, even months ago, uh, even weeks ago in some cases. So all of that pointing in the right direction, yeah. uh, would we like to see some of these titles open perhaps a little more enthusiastically than they have been, uh, whether they're our titles or whatever, we, we actually feel pretty good about the success we've had, but as an industry, I think. You know, some of these titles that, that have opened recently would be great to, you know, to see them actually open with just a little bit more energy, a little bit more results. But I think that's coming. Uh, I think that's coming. Um, as far as opportunities, you know, listen, we're, we're still putting people in theaters. Um, I think people are loving the experience. You see the, the reaction scores from a lot of these uh, films that have been released, and they're all very positive. They have a tendency to trend up pretty well. So that's encouraging. From there, it's just listening to the scientists. What's, when are we going to get past this, the, the current surge that we're having in some of these cases? We're going to get on the other side of it fairly quickly. If we are, then, then fantastic. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the, the, the major challenge, as I'm rambling on here, Paul, the major challenge is I really didn't think you and I would be talking about challenges again, you know, a year later, right? Yeah. I would be talking right. about just, you know, clear, perhaps clear sailing and it was a memory. It's interesting you say that because at the top of this, I said, what a difference a year makes. And I'm just going to rewind about a month and a few days to the 4th of July weekend, 
which looked completely different than where we are right now. And obviously, I, I, I call that the universal big screen weekend because I believe that's when you launched uh, the Boss Baby, Family Business, the Forever Purge. And then those movies joined their stablemate, Furious 9, F9. And you took the top universal, the top three spots at the box office. And in fact, grabbed 75% of that entire weekend's box office. This is 4th of July weekend I'm speaking of. And how gratifying was it to see that strategic vision play out and, and was so wholly validated by the overall success that weekend to have the top three films? And all very different, all all, all totally different. different types of films. Yeah, yeah, three different genres really there, um, different audience demographics made up and things like that. Yeah, yeah, we we felt great about where we landed F nine at the end of June to begin with. We you know we, we made a very bold decision to move it a year and then tweak the release date a little bit to the end of June. It, it, made, it looked like it made sense to us, and it turned out to be exactly the case. Uh, we had. Um, we saw an opportunity on July 2nd uh, after you know a couple of titles moved around, including one of our own, uh, for a family title. And so landed the Boss Baby family business there. And, and it, it has done very well and was exactly the right case, moving up uh, the purge a week as well to get it in front of uh, a Black Widow. And, and so all of that ended up just it really, it's nice when a plan comes together and it came together extraordinarily well. Yeah. A lot of people in theaters, we put a lot of different people in theaters. I think they enjoyed every single one of those films immensely. Uh, obviously we're doing ridiculously well with F9. I mean, it is, it, it, it's just been so terrific to see that film so well received by its audience. Uh, not just the, the gross and yeah. the reaction scores and the audience comments and things like that. Uh, it's been fantastic. Yeah, I want to ask you a little more about Furious 9. And now, as of the date we're speaking, it's up to over $661 million globally. And of course, it opened to a then pandemic record of $70 million in North America when it debuted here. How did you... I remember this was one of the biggest movies of 2020. It was intended for a 2020 release. And I remember when Universal moved it, everyone's like, oh my God, you know, the sky's falling. If this movie's gonna move then everything's got to move but how did you work with the filmmakers how did your team interact with the filmmakers and the creatives on, on the furious nine project to coordinate this monumental effort i mean this isn't a, some modestly budgeted small film that could just fly under the radar you had to make a huge decision here how closely do you interact with the filmmakers and the pr production team on a movie like furious nine for this kind of move well, intimately, obviously, yeah, no doubt, on this film period, you know, on a franchise like this. But it starts with our leadership, which is Donna Langley. Donna uh, looked at it and, and has great relationships with the filmmakers and made a very tough decision, um, but a very, you know, the, the absolutely right decision, the smart decision, logical decision, and to get out in front of all of this. And it was exactly the right thing to do, as has as been proven, right? Not only domestically, but as you mentioned, worldwide. Uh, we have a great relationship with the filmmakers and the cast of, of, of uh, Fast, as you can imagine. And so uh, walking with them uh, along the way, it, it, it turned out really, really well. And again, cannot argue with the results. The results have just been tremendous. Yeah, it's been really amazing. Do you think that perhaps now that the creatives, those on the creative side have seen what your team is capable of and these strategies and, and going back over a year, when you were one of the first studios to embrace streaming because really you had no other choice. I mean, theaters 
shut down. Drive-ins were the only game in town. And by the way, Universal Repertory really stepped up with the drive-ins. It's like you were committed, realizing that the dynamics of the marketplace, you were committed to theatrical in some form, but you had to adapt to a streaming model. Yeah, again, our, the, the model that we in, installed, um, starting with Trolls, is actually on a, on a PVOD model, right? PVOD basis. So that, that you know, we, we believe in that model. It seems to be working extremely well. We have, depending on the kind of film, X number of days of theatrical exclusivity uh, before PVOD release. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was uh, listen, we have great relationships with exhibition. We have very frank, open, honest communication and, and conversations with them. And um, I, I think it's working. You know, we think it's working extraordinarily well. We'll see how everything shakes out. Uh, we are living in interesting times, that's for sure. The windows specifically were evolving. The, the pandemic uh, of it all uh, just accelerated everything, right? It just accelerated everything. And you see different studios with different uh, perhaps priorities. They're responding to it and the industry is working through it. Arguably, sometimes better, sometimes worse, depending on who you talk to. We are definitely, yeah. we are different, definitely living in a time of change. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's not that they're it's not experiment. I don't think any studios experimenting for experimenting's sake, um, but they might have different right. priorities, okay. and, and they, they, you know, it's a complicated business to put it mildly. You know, understatement of the year. And so, as we work through the the different ways that audiences can consume uh, movies, we're we're trying to figure it out, and and. One of the things that we need to do is we do need to meet the audience where they're at, right? Um, we can't just ignore the fact that some people love to be in theaters like myself, and I know you, um, and others may not venture in for, for years for whatever reason, and then there's a lot of people in between. Um, and so we want to reach as many people as we possibly can. Well, I remember when Trolls, when you moved that one, and we've talked about this, you guys took some heat for that, and you, you made a very bold move, and it turned out absolutely uh, to be the right move. Cause like I said, I don't really think you had a choice. And at that time too, nobody knew what was happening, but you had to make some, you know, a decision on what to do with these films, either getting them on the streaming platform or in the case of a huge movie that has a great global reach, global box office potential to move a furious nine into 2021. You think with within today's environment, are we sort of returning to where, the uncertainty is getting bigger or, or stronger and that now there's going to have to be, again, a look at very different types of streaming models, uh, theatrical first, but perhaps with dynamic windows. Or do you think this is just the way of the world now? We're just going to continue to have every movie not on autopilot, but released in a specific way for that movie on a case by case basis. Well, you'll probably get different answers from different studios and you might get a, a different answer from the same studio, depending on, you know, the week or the month or, or the year um, as we go forward. I think generally the latter. I think generally I'm not sure it's going to be one size fits all. Um, I just think that different studios have different priorities, as I said earlier, and so you'll see them adjust to it. But we've released, you know, overall as to the topic you've teed up here a little bit, we, I think we've released, I may not have this exactly right, but I think we've released... 25 titles, first run titles, theatrically since March of 2020 between Focus and Universal. We're ridiculously proud of that. I think it's over 500 titles from our library uh, that were licensed during 2020 as, as repertory calendar titles, whatever you want to call them. The, the best, perhaps the very best library in the entire industry. Ridiculously proud of that. We're, we're we, we think theatrical first. We want to try to do the best that we possibly can. And, and, uh, 
you know, we have some great titles coming up that uh, we think will will do extraordinarily well also. I want to right. talk about those in, in, in a couple of minutes. I, I really, um, I, I thought that the way that your studio was so nimble in its ability to, to, to make these changes, get the movies out there really shows a dedication to theatrical as well. And I want to go back to Furious 9 because it's such a great test case for this. And I know it wasn't an experiment. You guys very thoughtfully released this movie, but it was a theatrical first. It had a, what was the window on, on Furious 9? I, I can't recall had, the exact window. Domestically, it had about a 35 days, I think it was roughly a theatrical exclusivity. And it seemed to me the, to be the kind of movie that people really wanted to see in the theater. And had it been on streaming, I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, does the theatrical first model, is that the best model? Even irrespective of how long the window is, is that, I guess it's, on a, I guess that is on a case by case basis, but for a big movie like that, it seems to me the FOMO factor, the fear of missing out means that if people want to see it and it's not on streaming, they'll go out because that Furious 9 movie had incredible long-term playability. I think that was baked into the cake perhaps of your release plan. Yeah, I mean, listen, we have by far the best marketing group in the entire industry. I mean, that's just, to me, it's not even debatable. Um, and the campaign that they had on F9 was off the charts, driving people into theaters. And it's just exactly what we, you know, no pun intended, I guess. But I'm not, you know, as far as best model, obviously very debatable. And and, and even some people can emotionally react to that. Um, but, you know, every film, Every studio will have to make those kinds of decisions, uh, and perhaps uh, on, on literally on a title by title basis, and maybe not, you know, may, maybe close to a release date as well. You know, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, some of the studios, that, you know, other studios have commented on things like that recently. I'll leave it to them to, to flesh out for their for their own business models. Of course, but I I love what you guys do at Universal because I know that back in the '30s, '40s, '50s. Studios, including, of course, Universal with, with its storied past with incredible films. A lot of people would identify a certain studio with a certain type of movie. Uh, Universal, of course, known for their horror films, the classic horror films. Uh, other studios were known for gangster movies, others for musicals, which was great, I think, in those days. Back in those times, people really identified certain studios with certain types of movies. What I've noticed about Universal for instance, on that 4th of July weekend, if you weren't in the business, you may think that Furious 9, Boss Baby, and Forever Purge were from three different studios. And I mean that in the best way, because it means that the, the diversity of content meant that even though they were all your own movies, they, they weren't cannibalizing each other. They perfectly attracted audiences. How, did, how does that happen? That it's just sort of this ethos or ethos of let's make all kinds of movies for all different types of people. I assume that was developed it, over maybe yeah, decades, it, it, years. It, it, absolutely. It doesn't just happen. That's for sure. Obviously it, it, it is a lot of hard work by some incredible people. First and foremost, Donald Langley. So Donald Langley is, has got the best talent relations in, in the entire industry and the filmmakers that want to be here and have been attracted to university because of Donna. Uh, it's just, it's been amazing. Right. And, and obviously we're all the beneficiaries of that. So yeah, I mean, Terrific relationships with Blumhouse, Working Title, Jordan Peele, you know, Illumination, DreamWorks Animation, on and on and on. 
things that the, the, the incredible producers that reside here, we are so proud of that. We couldn't begin to tell you. Yeah, I think that's really the secret of the secret sauce or the rocket fuel of what you guys do is that you really have nailed that. And and also those filmmaker relationships like with M. Night Shyamalan and Jordan Peele, like you just mentioned, Blumhouse and having uh, production partners that bring to bear all different types of movies. That seems to have played out very well for Universal. So let, let, that's a perfect segue to let's talk about your upcoming slate. You have a lot of amazing films on the, on the docket featuring great filmmakers and talent. And I know that you have, you guys have some cool horror movies coming up. I'm a big horror aficionado. You have Candyman on August 27, Halloween Kills on uh, Perfect Date, October 15. And then you have, you have Dear Evan Hansen, totally different style of movie and then sing two for Christmas. And then you have the focus features movies. Are there any films you'd like to like the card counter and blue Bayou? Are there, are there any films you'd like to highlight on the slate coming up and into 2022 as well? Yeah, All all of the above, I guess. I mean, Candyman, we just recently trade screened and it trade screened through the roof. Um, I think it's going to do very, (laughs) very well at the end, at the end of uh, August. Um, and Halloween Kills on 1015. Uh, of course, we just can't wait for that, a follow-up uh, to having Jamie Lee Curtis back. Uh, you know, how great is that? Dear Evan Hansen is um, something that, that audiences are relating to amazingly well. Uh, we have a, just an incredible marketing plan for it. Film itself, it just could not have turned out better. The music, the performances, um, you know, incredibly moving. And then, you know, I don't know about you, but my favorite Illumination film actually was the original Sing. And so I, I can't wait for Sing, too. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. There's some surprises in it. Um, and what a, just a, a perfect a perfect corridor for it to launch it at Christmas as well. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Just, just, just going to wow audiences. Uh, and and uh, so can't wait for that. And yeah, Focus has some incredibly great films that they're uh, opening here in the not-too-distant future and have been opening several films all along uh, from documentaries to... And then speaking of Focus, I guess one that uh, you know a lot of people are pointing to is, is in March, uh, the sequel to Downton Abbey. Uh, that, that'll, that'll, that'll be fantastic. That'll be absolutely amazing. Yeah, 2022 uh, turns out really well for us as well. Uh, two big titles there that uh, between... Jurassic World Dominion and Minions: The Rise of Gru. Uh, audiences can't wait. That's yeah, that's right. There's a Jurassic World movie in in June uh, of 22. Yep. Yep. That's that's and like you said, Minions: The Rise of Gru. Got some great movie, and then I love it that there's going to be another Halloween movie. Because <laughs> you, yeah, I want I one of those every year. Jim. And I, and I don't want it to ever end, if you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, well, unfortunately, this one's called Halloween Kills. The one after a 22 is called Halloween Ends, but, you know, we'll see. I, I think that that incredible, uh, you know, diversity of the slate is is really cool. I know that Universal has just really been committed to the movie theater while also recognizing the realities of the marketplace. And I think audiences have responded in a big way. And I, I think we're just going to continue to see that in the future for your film. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Listen, I mean, we'll, we'll get to the other side of all of this shortly, right? We'll be on the other side of the business humming again here, I think, I think fairly soon. So fingers crossed, but I think things are trending in the right direction, I hope, generally speaking, overall. And um, anyway, thank you so much for having me on, man. It was great to see you as always. Well, you are the very best, sir. Appreciate it very much. 
Thank you, Jim. I always appreciate you being on. We have an open door here at Many Screens. Big picture for Jim Orr. So glad to have you here. President of Domestic Theatrical Distribution for Universal Pictures. Thanks again, Jim. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you.